Hello! In this new episode of Bible Pod, we are going to study about a group of people in a generation that is far removed from ours. In the book of Leviticus 25, we study about this group, that is the Israelites. And the topic that we are discussing today is the law of redemption. Kindly open your Bible and study with me. In Leviticus 25, verse 8 to verse 55, we learn a lot about redemption. And so, um, especially from verse 23 down to verse number 55, where today we'll concentrate on, we will learn about redemption and of property, how the Israelites live their lives, especially with regards to exchange of property. If one is poor and one wants to work for another person, if I have a land, I sell it out to somebody, can I regain it? What should, what should happen? And to answer all these questions, we need to remember the first statement that I made, that God ruled as a king in Israel. That was a theocratic system. And in a theocratic system, it came with some ramifications. For example, the land and the people belonged to the Lord. The land and the people belonged to the Lord. And especially when you read verse 23 of chapter 25, the Bible says, The land shall not be sold permanently for the land is mine, for you are strangers and sojourners with me. Remember that when the Israelites left Egypt, in Exodus chapter 19, we are told that they agreed that whatever the Lord would command, we will do. And so when you read Leviticus, Exodus chapter 19, quickly I'll read with you verse number 1. To put this into the right perspective, the Bible says this, In the third month after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. Verse 5. Now therefore, uh, verse 4, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Verse 5. Now therefore, if you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all earth is mine. Please note that, for all earth is mine. When you continue reading verse number 6, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So God spoke, this was a conditional statement. If you obey my statutes and my laws, then you will be a kingdom to me. And verse 8, the Bible tells us clearly that the Israelites accepted. Then all the people answered together and said, Um, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So they accepted the terms and the conditions. So they became a people for the Lord. So God owned them. And also the earth and everything belonged to the Lord. This is so vital because he owns it. God has the sole right to determine how he distributes um, his own properties and his own, yes, his own properties to the people that he owns. And he would then put in place laws and guidelines that would be with the people so that um, there will be order and peace in the society where the Israelites live. This makes so much sense. Now, when you continue studying the book of Leviticus, something becomes very clear. Because there were laws and because God set in place things they were supposed to do, um, nobody could permanently own a land. That was God's decision. Nobody could permanently own a land and say that this land belongs to me. You couldn't say that. Why? Let's just look at something. 
in Ezra chapter 23, verse number 10 and 11. Six years you shall sow your, sow your land and gather in its produce. Verse 11. By the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie fallow, that the poor of your people may eat, and what they leave, the beast of the field may eat. In like manner you shall do with your vineyard and your olive groove. Verse 12. Six days you shall do your work, and on the seventh day you shall rest. And this is very interesting to read because God owns them and he sets in place the laws and the others. So for six years, you can keep on working on the land, but on the seventh year, leave the land to rest. And do you know that when the Israelites broke this law, God actually sent them into captivity because this was a specific instruction to the Israelites. Not just that. When you continue studying the book of Leviticus, something is very um, clear that God wanted his people to rest one day out of seven. So establish the principle of the Sabbath rest. And he also wanted the land to rest and so establish a Sabbath rest year for the land. Every seventh year, the land was not to be tilled. And that is what we study from verse one to verse number seven. And, um, Especially because they failed to do this. Yes, God punished them. You can read this in chapter 26, verse 34 to 35, 2 Chronicles 36, verse 21, Jeremiah 25, verse 11 to verse 12. This is important because today, sometimes, some, um, some people, when they read the Old Testament scriptures, would want to say that Christians ought to go back and follow these laws and precepts in the Old Covenant. If that is the case, you don't only necessarily need to keep the Sabbath. Like today, we have some of our friends um, worshiping on the Sabbath that God says we are to keep the Sabbath day holy. If that is the case, then you also ought to keep a land. After working on it for six years, the seventh year, you need to leave it to rest. But that is not the case today. Now, as we proceed with the study, you also understand that every 50th year, God allowed for a reversal of accounts in Israel. So not just... Uh, after every uh, six year, the seventh year, you leave the land to rest and you yourself as an individual on the seed day, you rest. No. In the 50th year, after every 50 years, something was supposed to happen. And let us study that. And that is our um, passage, the one that we have. Verse 25. If one of your brethren becomes poor and has sold some of his possession, and if his redeeming relative comes to redeem it, then he may redeem what his brother sold. Or if the man has no one to redeem it, but he himself becomes able to redeem it, then let him count the years since its last, since its sale, and restore the remainder to the man to whom he sold it, that he may return to his possession. But if he is not able to have it restored to himself, then what was so shall remain in the hand of him who bought it until the year of Jubilee. This is important. Please write this down or underline it. The year of Jubilee. And in the Jubilee, it shall be released and he shall return to his possession. So if somebody was so poor that he had given his possessions out, in this year of Jubilee, it's a year of liberty. It's a year of, um, year of redemption. You, you redeem the things that you have lost. The things that you had given out, you get it back. You become free. If you were a slave, you become free in that seventh year. 
But look at what the Bible says. Let's continue. If a man sells, um, verse yes, verse twenty nine. If a man sells a house in a walled city, then he may redeem it within a whole year after it is sold. Within a full year, he may redeem it. Verse thirty. But if it is not redeemed within the space of a full year, then the house in the walled city shall be belong permanently to him who bought it. Throughout his generations, it shall not be released in the jubilee. Verse 31, however, the houses of villages which have no wall around them shall be counted as the fields of the country. They may be redeemed and they shall be released in the jubilee. Whatever this jubilee is, by this point in our study, you should understand that it is so important. And in this year of jubilee, a lot of things were to be let go. This, we will learn more about it even as we get into the New Testament. And so, let us proceed. In verse number, um, 32, Nevertheless, the cities of the Levites and the houses of the cities of their possession, the Levite may redeem at any time. And you get to verse number um, 35, it says, If one of your brethren becomes poor and falls into poverty among you, then you shall help him like a stranger or a sojourner, that he may live with you. You shall not lend him your money for usury, nor lend him your food at a profit. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. And it, it is very, very good because the more you read, the more it gets interesting. And if you don't place yourself in the time of the Israelites and you look at it from our generation, then you'll be misinterpreting the scriptures. Now, the 50th year was to be a year of Jubilee and, and so we have read the passage. Financial settlements were calculated on the basis of proximity to the jubilee of to the jubilee year. The land rest 50th year constituted the last half of the 49th year and the first half of the 50th year. The jubilee year was a way to keep money and property from accumulating in the hands of the wealthy and emphasize that everything belonged to God. So in order not to allow one person to have majority of the possessions to have a lot of possessions more than the others god says that in this 50th year release the properties back to them the land release it back to its owners if you bought it from somebody release it back to them one may ask why is this very necessary for us to look at when we study the book of isaiah chapter 61 verse number two verse number one and verse number two this year of jubilee this year of redemption this year of of um, people getting back their lands and there is this restoration happening that is what we see in the messianic prophecy in isaiah chapter 61 verse 2 jesus quoted this verse for himself especially in luke chapter 4 verse 18 to 19 when he was reading the test let's listen to the reading the spirit of the lord god is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2, Jesus makes a reference to this particular verse here. 
And this is a messianic prophecy because when you read Luke 4, 18 to 19, Jesus quoted this for himself. That's this year of the Lord where captives are set free, where the poor is made happy and where those who are mourning are comforted. This is what Jesus does for everybody. Jesus is a true jubilee. Because of Jesus, we have liberty. And you, whoever is listening to this podcast today, can enjoy this liberty in Christ Jesus. This wonderful liberty, this wonderful joy and fellowship can also be enjoyed even today when we are living in bondage. And in Romans chapter 6, we are told that sin enslaves us. How would we set ourselves free from this sin problem? It is in Jesus Christ that we have the opportunity to have that redemption, to have that freedom, to set ourselves free from the shackles of sin. It is in Jesus that all these things are broken. It is in Jesus that we have liberty and salvation. And Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20, and Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and I'll quickly read as we bring our lesson to a close. It says this, Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16. And he said to them, this is Jesus speaking, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. And I love to read Galatians also. Galatians 3, verse 27. It says this, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And as according to the promise. It is in Christ that there is salvation. Be encouraged. If you want to give yourself to Christ through baptism, you can contact us. Here on Spotlight on the Word, we are going to help you. On 055-3979-131. If you have any Bible question, if you have any doubt concerning any of these things that we have said, you can contact us. We will take our time and take you through what the Bible says concerning how we can redeem ourselves. If you're already a Christian and for one or two reasons you have fallen, there's still an opportunity for you to be restored back to the Lord. In 1 John 1 verse 7 to verse 9 says, If indeed we say we have no sin, we make him a liar and the truth is not in us. But there's one interesting word that he uses in 1 John 1 that I would like to mention. It says this, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the word is not in us. My little children, these things are right to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. May God bless us even as we keep on studying the law of redemption. God bless you. Bye.